Welcome to the 174th episode of the So Video Games podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we will be talking about it. Today we are recording on April 9th, 2020. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and I am one-third of this show. With me is another third, co-host Carlos Rodella. How are you doing, Carlos? Terrible. Excellent. Glad to hear it. And today is a special day, as you may have guessed, people, by how we've divided up this opener. That's right. It's the final third of the show and our on-again, off-again co-co-host, Corey Motley. How are you doing, Corey? I was going to say, I feel like I'm one of your guys' like, mistress who like shows up every once in a while, but I don't know like to whom I would be assigned in this scenario. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> we could we could make a little nameplate for your desk. It says Corey Motley podcast booty call, I guess, and we can... <laughs> oh, booty call is quite different than the status of mistress. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess I'll take either. But yeah, I bet, uh, bet you guys didn't expect me back so soon, but here we are. Here we are. Glad to have you. Glad that you're back aboard. I think it was good timing because we're going to be talking about a game with you that is right up your alley that neither one of us have played. So that's wonderful. I have a surprise game that may, I, I think probably will surprise both of you, uh, I think. But we'll see. I've not been talking about it very much. You might be able to guess, but we'll see. All right, yeah. guys, let's get to it. Let's get to the game chat. We're each bringing one game today. Uh, Carlos, let's start with you. Uh, I don't know what you're going to be talking about. I don't think Corey knows either. What did you bring to the show today for us, sir? Well, oh boy. I have this thing called, I guess it's a video game. <laughs> it's maybe a video game. Okay, sounds it good. It might be That's a video hard. game. It's called Immortal Legacy colon Jade Cipher. Uh, also, maybe in parentheses, console edition. <laughs> because this game used to be a VR game. And they decided to make it a console game. And I kept seeing it in the store. And I'm a sucker for first-person shooter, adventure, maybe some supernatural stuff going on types of games. And that's what this trailer showed. And it looked like Uncharted, Tomb Raider, first-person, but with some supernatural. So Tomb Raider. And I've always been like, oh, I think I should check it out. And then I would always look at it and it says VR. And I was like, oh, well, I can't play it. So now, uh, the other day, I went back to the library, and there it is, and it says console edition, meaning not VR. So I thought I'd give it a try. Also, it's only 20 bucks, so why not? And uh, this game is not supposed to be not in VR. <laughs> and it brings up a really interesting point, that if you take a VR game and try to make it like a regular first-person shooter... Lots of times it's not going to work because the things that you do in a VR game, it's like, remember the 3D glasses for 3D movies? On With television? the red and blue lenses? Yeah, red and blue. Yeah. They would, do, maybe our younger listeners don't know what we're talking about, but it was early 3D in movies or, and even on TV. And it had red, blue glasses, and then the TV screen was all like a combination of red, blue, make things jump out at you a little bit. Um, but those movies would always do like a, ooh look what's coming at the screen right <laughs> like really slow and be like oh no don't stab me with that knife i'm gonna stab the camera with the knife <laughs> so it was corny if it wasn't in 3d that's what this is uh, okay right because you're walking along and like the, the you get saved by <sighs> the story's fucked you get sent to an island and it's supposed to have like secrets and there might be supernatural shit there 
And is then, this like modern day times or what? What's what period? Yeah, are we talking I guess about so. Here? I, you know, yeah, Tomb Raider again, Tomb Raider Uncharted. Okay, okay. You you get there first person again, super slow because again, I think it's the motion sickness. They, w- they don't want you to like move around fast, but I just felt like I was in molasses the whole time. <laughs> and then finally, I get saved by this. It doesn't make sense, but an internet streamer girl was there <laughs> in the jungle. I was bracing for what you were going to say, and that is not even in the top 100 things no, that I was going to say. I know. Me either. Anyways, she saved me, and she said she's coming along the journey with me for some reason because she's looking for dragons. Oh, my God. Did she ask for like a like and subscribe after she saved you? No, she <laughs> says she's too popular. She already has all the likes and subscribe. No, she's good. She's good on follows. Okay. <laughs> she kept talking about how popular she was. That was ridiculous. But then when we got to the shooting, everything was super slow. There's no jump button because VR, right? There's no jumping in VR. I mean, Mm. there is. You might get sick and whatever. I just feel like it's a really interesting tidbit in the gaming world of VR games are fundamentally different. And you don't notice that until they're outside of that realm. Now, there could be good examples, like uh, which we'll kind of talk about later. But Resident Evil 7, that was made that way, right? Like they really spent some time making the VR and the console kind of feel something, I don't know, some sort of one-to-one or whatever. But this just felt like you were on a ride and it was just a VR ride, but you just happened to be playing with a controller. And it's it's fucking terrible. It's a <laughs> terrible experience. And that's why I'm in a terrible mood, by the way. It's from this game. <laughs> well, let me ask you both of you guys. This is something that I do not have a lot of experience with, but I think that both of you do. Um, since you mentioned like how this game is designed to kind of leap out at you and really take advantage of the VR in your face sort of thing. So, I mean, I, I can totally understand why that doesn't work if you take it out of VR, but I guess I'm curious uh, about Resident Evil 7, the one that you mentioned, because that was specifically designed for VR, but I've also heard many people play it not VR or flat, as the kids call it, and it's still fine. So what is, do either one of you have an opinion about why that works and, as opposed to other VR games not working? Yeah, Corey, do you, do you have an idea? Because I, I did play Final, uh, Final Fantasy. I did play <laughs> Resident Evil uh, 7 without VR, and I had a great time. Um, I don't know why it was different, but it was vastly different. Yeah, I think um, I see I have a lot of experience in VR, but I also played I don't have PSVR. So I played Resident Evil 7 in just regular flat screen mode as well. And I think judging from, um, you know, my experiences with VR and with playing Resident Evil 7 not in VR, I think that they really designed Resident Evil 7 to work just like a first person shooter because in most VR games, you don't use like a joystick to move around. They have like a teleport thing, which I know I've talked about on the show like a long, long, long time ago, um, where you like look at the ground, you hold a button and you like place a marker and you let go of the button. And then it like teleports you forward because it feels weird if you're like moving in real time in VR, it can be, it can make people feel like they want to fall down. Um, But the difference with Resident Evil 7, I mean, I haven't played it in VR, so I'm not positive about this, but was that it was more of an experience where you're really just playing a first-person game while you're sitting down and have the goggles on, whereas a lot of VR-specific shooters take advantage of, like, 
you're aiming up in the sky and you're aiming two different directions and you're doing the teleport and stuff like that. Yeah. But Resident Evil really, I mean, Resident Evil didn't really do any like mechanical stuff like that, but there were a handful of moments in the game, like where you're talking about with the 3D, the cheesy 3D thing, where you could tell that in Resident Evil 7, like they were really like cheesily chasing this cutscene, you know, parts of cutscenes were like, the gross dad would like try to like feed you a worm and yeah, like you yeah, could yeah. tell that if it was in vr it's supposed to be like right in your face so that stuff felt really stupid not in vr and i think it actually would have felt stupid in vr too um but control wise it it's it it's didn't it didn't really feel like a vr game like coming from somebody who's played a lot of vr shooters and not vr shooters it just felt like a first person shooter that could have been mapped to the goggles on your face and didn't really implement any other shooting mechanics from vr games that i've played before yeah yeah i think that's right and i think they designed it again to be a just a great first person shooter and then they also allowed you to do it in vr i will say this though what was that blood and blood and money or something some of the couple of games that are on psvr i did play because i did have it, in the, it uh, originally and it is amazing that some of that stuff really works even though it seems corny in first person non-vr in vr you're like whoa you know like you change your you're like i don't know this person's really close to my face i feel weird but it doesn't work in regular verbs. so anyways this yeah i think they did it right and these people should not have done it like they should not have they hoodwinked me i think i've been hoodwinked is that a thing bamboozled. that is a thing been yeah. bamboozled and hoodwinked and i paid 20 bucks <laughs> I like snookered sometimes. I use that once in a while. Oh, oh. yeah, that's nice. Although, that's, isn't that a pool game? Snookered? Yeah. yeah, but if you get snookered, it's like someone, I guess, I guess I don't know exactly, but I think it's like if someone like is like pool sharking you, you know, or something like that, you get oh, kind of right. fooled. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. Last thing I'll say about it is another thing they did that didn't help them was they, whatever mechanics they had were probably just bad gameplay-wise in general, but the way you heal, as, lo as long as I know, there might be some other way, but right now I played a lot of the game. You you have to touch the touchpad and wipe the blood away. Huh? <laughs> like the blood's in your face, you know, you get like that vision right. of like red. So it's like wipe the blood away, and then I did, and there's like more blood because I'm getting shot. So I'm continually just having to, you know, swipe this the touchpad. If your finger moves fast enough, are you immortal then? <laughs> oh, wait, isn't it called Immortal Legacy? Oh, maybe that's why you're immortal. Because you can just do the the window wipers and just keep that blood off you. You know what's you funny stay though? Alive forever. You know what's funny though? No. Oh. Because I died a fuck ton in this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck that. Not game. immortal at all. <laughs> all right. Someone talk about another game so I can get happier. This is still all making right. me angry. All right. Well, I guess that's. Uh, I mean, it just kind of shows how when VR first started, you know, making its third or fourth attempt to break through. You know, for like six months, everybody's like, oh, VR is the shit. It's going to replace everything. But I think it just goes to show, like, it's just going to be its own thing. Like, the way that those games are designed are very different from how a regular game is designed. And I, I don't know that anybody who, like, wants to sit down for traditional console experience is going to really want to do VR every single time. I think those things, VR and console, are just very, very different. Also, the same thing with mobile, too. You know, like, when mobile got big, and, you know, it's still big, but, but when everybody was thinking that, oh, maybe phones are going to take over and who needs a console anymore... I think the mobile experience is also very different. So even though they're yeah. all in the same basket of video games, when I'm in the mood for a console game, I don't want a VR helmet and I don't want a phone. And I don't think that those things are really interchangeable. Would you guys agree? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to get the Oculus uh, Hero or Quest 
and like when I want to have those experiences, I'll put that on and that's why I'm doing it. And then it's not the same as just sitting on my couch and, and enjoying a thing. And even when I had PSVR, I didn't want to sit on my couch with it on my head all the time either. You know, it was <laughs> just these every once in a while moments. So yeah, uh, Corey, Corey, would you agree way. with that as well? Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's kind of similar to how like the Wii was whenever it came out. Like it just didn't feel like playing other video games and you either like have your console game experience, which I prefer, even though I am, I do like VR or you actually like want to play VR, but VR is like a process, you know, it's not just sitting down with a controller. You have to like, it's almost like a workout. You have to like get in the mindset for it and go for it. Um, but uh, yeah, they're kind of, I mean, I think that there are successful cases of games that, be, that can be crossed over into both of them, but they're largely separate entities. Yeah, that's a good. I, I forgot about the Wii, but that's another thing where people said that was going to take over the motion controls. Everything's going to be motion controlled. Oh. oh my God, that was a miserable like two years where I was just hating life. But that that did not turn out to be true either. So I think it's fine that we we have these different venues. You know, it's not like every movie is like an action movie like we only have action movies we have action and romance and horror and porn and everything a wide variety and why shouldn't games be the same like you got vr you got mobile you got motion controls if you want that i think that's how it's going to fall out i don't well, think anything's going to replace anything i just saw something remember connectimals you're talking about like everything's going to be motion controls connect etc connectimals yeah, yeah well yeah. we got the tiger king is a big deal now so you could do the tiger king like tiger king connectimals I don't know. I lost my. Forget it. If, if someone ports show. that to Xbox 360, I will get out my Connect for that. We'll Tiger see. King version of the Connectables. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right, moving on. I will go up next. Uh, we'll save the big game for last. I never in a million years thought that I would play this game. I've played it before. I did not like it, and then I played it again. Still didn't like it. Uh, oh. This is one of my. This is one of my brad isms where i just can't love let go of a certain game even though like i don't like it and i just can't i know hoping. what you're gonna talk about you know, I know what i'm gonna talk about you know yeah. you know okay. yep. it's like i've played this at least two or three times didn't like it every time but i think it's cool i think it's cool i i like the ideas i like the concepts it's like one of those games that you really want to like because on paper it seems to have all your shit but then when you play it it's just not fitting but what is this game i'm talking about it is no Man's Sky. Oh, again. Were you right, Corey? Right. Only because you tweeted about it the other day and said that exact same sentiment. Yeah, that exact same thing. So I've, you know, okay, so No Man's Sky came out like four years ago. And on the podcast, we often say, you know, the best time to play a game is like six months or a year later. In the case of No Man's Sky, I think probably the best time to play this game is four fucking years later. <laughs> um, I mean, first of all, props to Hello Games because they haven't given up on this thing. I thought it was crap when it came out i honestly did i liked the idea and i thought it was junk um but they kept working on it kept working on it kept working on it. i don't even know how many updates they've done since then but here we are four years later uh with this game which i like the idea of i like the idea of being a, a spaceman and having a ship and flying around and exploring things that's cool to me i like the visuals too they're, they're kind of neat but it's it was just so boring it just it just always came down to uh, grind for materials, make some stuff, and then you're out of materials again, grind some more, and just fly around and waste time. Like, it just, it never was as cool as it was in the trailers. It never was as cool as I was imagining in my own head. So, why the fuck did I come back to this game that I've already tried two or three times and didn't like? I will tell you. I am a sucker when it comes to certain things. 
Uh, I'm a sucker when it comes to jetpacks. Everybody knows this. And you do have a jetpack in No Man's Sky. So that's one point in the plus column. But beyond that, a couple months ago, they put out an update. I don't know why, but I'm still on their PR list. And they sent out an update, and they're like, we're adding new stuff to No Man's Sky. We are adding living ships. And I just had to pause, and I'm like, wait a minute. That sounds amazing. I, I need to read about this. So um, I haven't got there yet. I just started the game like maybe two days ago. I'm only about six or eight hours into it. But apparently, if you participate in certain activities and you get to you know far enough in the game you'll get this little quest where you eventually unlock a ship that is like alive. Like it's a creature that lives in space. I, I think they're randomly generated. So I think everyone looks different. Wait, is it and mech just, sized or like ship sized? No, it is a ship. It's like it's an actual ship, but it is also an animal or a creature of some sort. Hmm. So you can use this animal to fly around in space instead of your actual ship. And that to me was fucking just like so fascinating because living ships is a concept that's been in sci-fi forever and it's not really been explored that much in video games. Um, and I don't even know if it's even going to be good here. It, it may just even be a reskin or something. I don't know. But just the fact that they said that was like, oh, man, that's so interesting and cool. I really want to get back in this game, even though I think this game sucks. So I didn't get back into it then. But it was on my radar, right? Like on the edge of my radar. And then uh, a couple days ago, somebody leaked a trailer and they're like, oh, shit, guess what's coming in on Man's Sky? mech suits and i was like oh fuck ah, i love mech suits oh, I, so the the ant this the ship got you and then the mech suits okay. yes i was like they're they, it's like someone at hello games is scrolling on my twitter feed and they're trying to find all the shit that i like and they keep adding it into no man's sky to get me back and it's ah, it's working god damn it like i just i didn't want to come back to this game but between the mech suits and the living ships and all the updates and stuff, I'm like, okay, okay. I bought this a million years ago. I deleted it a million years ago, but I can download it again, jump back in, start fresh, see what happens. Um, so I'm about, like I said, six or eight hours in, and I got to say, I'm going to be very honest here. Uh, it is now, four years after launch, a much different, much better experience than it was back then. It's already like 100% better. Um I, I'm still doing the tutorial stuff even six or eight hours later, but that's actually a good thing because they take their time to teach you the game systems. And there's like a million systems in the game, like crafting and repairing things and searching for things and your ship flying around in space and how you map that and like trading with people and languages and shit. Like there's a lot of stuff in this game. And in the, in the previous iterations, they got you into it way too fast, didn't explain it very well. And then they left you on your own and it was up to you to kind of find your own fun which I did not think was a good idea. It's not good game design, especially with a game that complex. So I'm still doing the tutorial stuff. I just got my hyperdrive engine fixed after like six or eight hours, and I'm fine with it. I'm totally fine with it. I've really enjoyed the slower pace. I feel much more confident about understanding the game systems. I feel like they have um, polished that up because in the past when I tried to play this game, I would run out of resources really quick and then I wouldn't know how to get more and I, I'd be stuck. And one time I was I spawned on a, a hot planet like at the very beginning of the game and I didn't know how to play the game and the heat was killing me and there was like radiation and shit and then I died and I'm like how is this how is this how you start your game that's fucking crazy <laughs> like even for a procedural game like that you don't start the player out like that so they fixed it they start you out on a really nice planet or or even just like a slightly dangerous planet that you can easily survive so it's not a big deal um, they walk you through it. They give you enough like backup supplies. Like I ran out of gas for my ship almost immediately, but they're like, oh yeah, don't worry about it. Here's another tank of gas inside the storage hold. You're, we're set. Like you're not going to run out of gas right away. And by the time that I actually ran out of gas, I already had learned how to make more gas and that was fine. 
Um, and so they just go step by step. They teach the base building like much differently. They it, everything's clear. The UI is way better. Um, the systems are more refined. It just takes its time. It's not just a game crammed full of bullshit because they could put it in there. It now feels like a very intentionally paced, intentionally designed experience when you start. And now I feel much more comfortable with it. And I, I feel like it's 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 getting where it needs to go at the right time that it needs to go there. And I'm much more interested in it. I mean, the graphics are better. It's much smoother all around. I mean, all the systems have all the rough edges polished off. So really um, much more welcoming to me as a player. And I think I'm much more into it. I've never put this much time into it before, uh, but I'm actually really enjoying my time. I mean, I think a lot of it also has to do with like the world right now, because playing something that is relatively peaceful, that I can go at my own pace. And in, in most places, nothing is trying to shoot at me. And I'm kind of just building a little house and I'm kind of gathering stuff and it's all just real chill. I mean, that's pretty soothing right now. And I think probably a lot of people are like looking for experience. That's kind of like that with everything that's going on with, you know, the coronavirus and politics and toilet paper shortages and all this stuff in the real world to do something like no man's sky, where you're just like, put in your hard work and then you get these rewards right away and then you get a little stronger and it feels like what you're doing is worth it and progress is happening. Like that's a real good feeling sometimes. Animal crossing in space. Yeah. I mean, basically, basically um, don't get me started on animal crossing though. Uh, okay. um, well, don't get me started on this game you're talking about right now. I'm biting my tongue this whole time. Well, you... I, I know that you like this game, which is yeah. one reason why I was going to bring it up, but yeah. So, so far I will say that I've, I've tried it three, four times before two, three times before. I think this is my fourth time trying it. And I think this time, it finally feels like a polished, well-designed game that I probably would recommend to other people. I feel like it's it's really doing things much better than it used to, and I like it um, more than I ever did. I don't know that I'm going to stay the course, but I've kind of set a little goal for myself. Like, if I can get to the living ship, I'll call it good. Uh, I don't know how far away that is. It may be an endgame thing. Who knows? But, but, but that aside, still enjoying my time, really liking it uh, a lot. And I think that four years... <laughs> Four years of constant <laughs> development for Hello Games has finally paid off. So, well, Carlos, you lo you love this game, don't you? Yeah, I do. I'm like, okay, no. I want to say two things quickly. One, um, it's almost like when you say four years, it's like there's a lot of games now that are games as services. Yeah. So it's, it's essentially like they pivoted at some point and said, like, we're going to be that. We're going to be this game that has a bunch of updates and adds living ships and mechs and stuff. I don't uh, think they started that way, but they sure ended up there. No, no, that's exactly they pivoted, yeah. right? Like a like a business. And then secondly, it's interesting that they uh, enticed you with the living ship and the mechs, and you didn't get to either of them yet, but you still had a good time. Yeah, so that's good. yeah. I mean, I, I I figured those are probably like for people who've been playing a while, and that's totally fine. I didn't think they were going to just hand it to me on a platter, but to, to know that that stuff is in there kind of gives me a little goal to work towards. Right. And what I'm doing right now feels much more sensible than it used to like i don't feel like i'm just immediately thrown into a grind so that feeling of like building up something like when i made my first little house I'm like oh look a little house my little wooden walls it's got a roof and i put a window in and it's kind of neat like it made me feel kind of good that i built something you know and i never yeah. got that feeling before so yeah I, I guess the other thing i was just gonna say is that the reason i loved it when it first came out and i still you know i enjoyed it played something like a hundred hours or some crazy number that's uh, a lot of time like an rpg style thing and it wasn't for the systems being awesome and, and I understood all the things that were a little off. Um, but what I loved about the game and I still do, and, and you talking about this will make me actually go back to it because my save game is pretty fucking, you know, in depth on what I have in there. Um, is that I like the, the randomness. People listening to the podcast know that I like weird, abstract, random things that don't make much sense sometimes. And that game was like, 
talk about yeah going to other planets and and just kind of losing yourself in another space because of the randomization of the planets i was in this one planet when it first started and it was just desolate super dark all blue stones nothing else and it went on for miles and because it's first person it just feels you know immersive and the, the second time i ever started i did start on a hot planet and pretty much died right away and i was like trying to fix my ship and a monster came out and i was like fuck but all that was still part of it see what i'm saying like that was still i enjoyed the i didn't know what was going to happen ness right. in that game and it was so i didn't know what was going to happen ness that one place where there was floating stones all around and i was doing great and i was picking up you know resources all the time and the next place I didn't know what the fuck was happening. And then I, there, were, there were ships in space. I don't know. I just, when it first came out, I loved the open-endedness of it. So if you're telling me there's like more shit, then I'm back in, really. Yeah, there's a lot. I'm going to ask you about this in a second, Corey, but I do want to really quickly uh, mention, you mentioned the monsters. I remember when I, when, when I first played this game, when it launched, like the trailers for this game showed really cool, like, semi-dinosaur looking and sleek monsters and you're like oh man i'm really looking forward to discovering these animals and then you start the game and it's like a triangle with a foot glued to that's the top of it and it's that's like not sideways. true this is the biggest this is fake news it, no right. it was those this, monsters were bad they man. were they not were real it's bad. all played up it's like literally they show the very very first trailer with that one dinosaur notice you said dinosaur everybody focuses on that one dinosaur because it looked cool right that's just one dinosaur out of an unlimited selection of things. Anytime you have Very. an unlimited selection of things, you're not going to get the one fucking dinosaur. I mean, totally true. But man, some of those, there was there was multiple videos on YouTube of like, OMG, look at these weird ass right. monsters. Because they found the dumbest ones. But if you played it regular, <laughs> I played 100 hours and I didn't see any like really dumb things. Well, I was. <laughs> I'm going to defend it. It's I, I, well, you don't need to defend it anymore because I was just going to say they have really put a lot of time into revamping the monsters the monsters that i've seen so far i've been to maybe three or four planets i'm still pretty early in the game but all the monsters i've seen so far look a thousand times better than they used to they look like actual creatures that might exist they're not weird proportions it's not like this giant head on top of toothpick legs or anything they all look like they have they've put a lot of time into the creatures and the creatures they look like legit they look like alien creatures or stuff that you'd see in a video game that that makes sense. Like you don't look at it and laugh. You look at it like, ooh, yeah, is that thing gonna attack me? Is that a friendly thing? Like it looks. You're not you're not immediately jolted out of the experience by how goofy it looked. You know? Right. So. But I, w- I will say this though. Again, just I have this like unbounded <laughs> energy to defend No Man's Sky, but um, I'm, I like it. I'm saying I like it. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I know you like it, but I'm just saying on top of that, when you make an algorithm that makes a million creatures or an infinity creatures. You know what I mean? It's just it's taking some refinement on the algorithm. So yeah, of course they look better now because they have chance. They've had time to you know do something to it. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, anyway, that's definitely shows. I'm glad you like shows. it. I'm glad the algorithm like has been improved. I give them props. I, I and and honestly, I do want to applaud Hello Games because this cannot have been easy. I I mean, and not to make a joke of this or anything, but I know that people were talking. You know, people at Hello Games, like the guy who ran the studio, was talking about like killing himself when this game launched. I know that's why I'm so defending it. So yeah, I mean, so I'm glad that he didn't kill himself. I'm glad that they hung in there. This game is like night and day different from what it was back then. And I, you know, I feel really bad that he had to go through all that, and the rest of the team had to go through all that. But they're still here. The game is like a million times better. I hated it back then, but I think it's pretty cool now. I definitely give it a thumbs up at the current moment. So I do like it. Now, now, Corey, have you had, what's your experience with this game? Have we ever talked about this game before? I don't recall. 
Oh, I think we've talked about this game multiple times. Because I'm we? pretty sure, yeah, I want to say that you and I both played it when it came out. We both bounced off of it pretty quickly. And I think this is documented on the podcast like a long time ago. And um, and then when I feel like every time they did a big update, which seemed like about once a year, you and I both did the same thing where we like jumped back in, tried to play it. Did it work? Maybe not, because I've had the same experience over and over again. But I was never really like excited for the game. Um, I just had it, and I was like, "Well, it's here, so like, sure, I'll try it." Like, you know, of course. But I played it, and I was like, "Okay, well, I wasn't really looking forward to it, and it wasn't that great." So, like, you know, it's just not really my jam. So I bounced off of it, and then they released like a, the first big update. I tried it again. I still couldn't quite get into it. They released another update. I tried it again. I still couldn't get quite into it. And I think ultimately. I, what I've decided is that the game is just like not my kind of game. Like I'm not really like a space exploration, like crafting, building base, upgrading right, my ship. Right. Like if it's like Mass Effect, sure, but that's like a really narrative heavy game. Whereas No Man's Sky is more about sort of like a like a therapeutic sort of like chill experience of like exploration and everything. And yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it's just not my kind of thing. Um, you know, nothing against it because if you know you, I, I don't dislike it. It's just not my kind of game. But I can safely say that I will not be trying it again. I'm glad to know they've been doing it. Hopefully. The executives at Sony aren't just like holding the developers at gunpoint and making them work on it for four years. Like, I hope that it's something they actually want to do. Like, um, but I'm glad they continue to work on it. I'm glad they continue to upgrade it. Hopefully, it still has a big player base because I would hate for them to be working their asses off on this and for there to be like 42 people playing it. But I mean, I'm glad they're working on it because I mean, I don't know. It's good i guess yeah. well one final note before we move off of this and again just to be clear with everybody i i think this game is real good right now if you want like uh, Corey said a chill space exploration crafting exploration that kind of a thing i think it's real good i i would recommend people to get into it now four years later i think that works but one final note i did see uh, a couple months ago maybe maybe even a year ago the fans who have been playing no man's sky i don't know what the player base is now i'm, I'm sure there are still people playing it but uh, a lot of people on the internet chipped in and paid for a billboard in real life. Did you guys hear about this? The billboard? Mm-mm. Oh, yeah, I think I heard about it. Yeah, that. they bought a billboard that was right outside of Hello Games Studio, and they bought this billboard in real life, and it just said, like, you know, like, thank you very much, Hello Games. We love your game. Thanks for keeping, you know, thanks for working on it or whatever. We love you. And they posted it, like, right outside their building so they would see it every time they came and went, That's which cool. I think is pretty awesome. That's not very often that people in real life, that fans do something so tangible and so overt to kind of you know thank a developer for all their hard work and that must have made those guys feel real good so that's really cool um that that happened and and hopefully that everybody's feeling good about it and the game's in a better place and we can all just enjoy it for what it is today hopefully cool all right that is no man's sky i'm gonna keep playing it i like i said i'm gonna try to get that living ship we'll see how that goes but for now let's move on to the final game in the rotation today it's a game that I'm probably not going to play. I don't know if Carlos is going to play it, but he hasn't played it yet. But, Corey, you have played it, and you've probably beaten it 12 times. Am I right? <laughs> Three times. Three times. Okay. Well, <laughs> I was close. I was close. Resident... I, don't know what, I don't know what the last game I beat three times is. Do you, have, have you, Brad, do you have a game you beat <laughs> I don't three think I've times? even beaten a game three times. I don't. <laughs> when I heard that in Twitter, I was like, what, more than twice? I don't. How do you even do that? I mean, some people do, I guess. And we have one of them right here on our show with us. Resident Evil 3... Corey Motley, tell us all about Resident Evil 3. It's true. So I've been, sometimes I have a problem with this kind of game where like, and I did nearly the same thing with Doom Eternal. I know we talked about that the last time I was on the show where I will 
play the absolute hell out of it for like five days and then just kind of forget about it. And I don't mean that in like a derogatory way toward the game. It's just sort of like what I do. And that's sort of how, what I've been doing with Resident Evil 3. So I bought it. It came out last Friday, about a week ago. Um, well, I guess Thursday night, technically. I started it on Thursday night. Um, I think by Saturday, I had beaten it the first time, played it Thursday night, Friday, and Saturday, and I beat it in three sittings the first time through. And then on Sunday, I beat it two times back-to-back, -back, if that gives you what? any indication what? Wait, of how... how... How long is this game? And not very, and that's something I'll talk about. Okay. Um, so the first time through was about... Um, like five hours and 45 minutes, I want to say. Whoa. For your very first time through? Yeah. That's very short. That it's is very, very short. short. For yeah. a Resident and, Evil, that's very short. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that was like sort of controversial news about it that was sort of hitting the scene as reviews were coming out. Um, so, you know, that, I mean, I'm not trying to defend it because it is pretty short, but that's, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, that's something that people were talking about whenever it came out um, about how kind of short it was. So it only took me, it took me almost six hours the first time through, and it took me about th maybe three hours the next two times, give or take, uh, maybe like three and two and a half or something like that. Um, so Resident Evil 3, um, I am a big, 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 giant, giant, giant fan of the Resident Evil games. Um, Resident Evil 2 Remake was my game of the year last year. I know I didn't do like a game of the year podcast or anything, but um, for all intents and purposes, that was my game of the year. It was like like set a new bar almost for like video game remakes for me. Um, I thought it was really clever. Um, not only did it completely rebuild Resident Evil 2 from the ground up, but it like, it did the same thing that the GameCube remake of the first one did where it like, you know, altered some areas it added some new lore. It took some stuff out and it just did it all in a really clever and thoughtful way, but still, you know, stayed true to its roots. Cause it was like Resident Evil 4 style over the shoulder, but it was still really scary. And it was cool to like kind of see those, environments in an entirely new way and resident evil 3 it's essentially like kind of more of the same in that regard where they take the basic narrative of resident evil 3 which to be uh transparent is like my least favorite canon resident evil of them all i always thought resident evil 3 was dumb as hell nemesis is such a stupid character i don't like uh like him stalking you all the time in the game like in the playstation 1 version i never was on board with that um i just thought it was a really stupid um, but obviously because they remade it and it's like in the new engine and it's beautiful and it looks like Resident Evil 2, I wanted to play the new one. So, um, but it's, it's kind of more of the same, but it's also not as good. Like it's not, it's good, but it's not nearly as good as the Resident Evil 2 remake I have discovered. Um, but it follows the same basic path of Resident Evil 3. You play as Jill Valentine, who was in the first game. Um, she is trying to get out of Raccoon City. It starts before the events of Resident Evil 2 and ends after the events of Resident Evil 2, just like the original uh, Resident Evil 3. Um, she meets up with Carlos. <laughs> Carlos, uh, who is yeah. a... <laughs> By the way, I did that on the side. If you guys don't know that, I, I'm in Resident Evil games, so... Oh, okay. <laughs> You're a Secret Stars team member? Yeah, yeah. Well, he um, his segments were actually my favorite parts of Resident Evil 3, so good job thank on you. that, Carlos. Thank you, thank you, um, thank you. <laughs> good work so, yeah yeah um so she meets up with him they're trying he works for umbrella but he's like basically like a cleanup mercenary guy who works for umbrella and so she's doesn't quite know if she can trust him but they're trying to escape the city together and he kind of knows the way out because umbrella has told him the way out um 
And so, I mean, it's basically like that. It plays very similarly. And for people who might remember the original Resident Evil 3 on PlayStation 1, it did kind of, it started the trend of moving Resident Evil into a more action-oriented direction. It had several new mechanics that had not existed in a Resident Evil up until then. It had, this This sounds so fucking basic now that I say it out loud, but you could walk <laughs> independently on stairs instead of pressing one button to walk all the way up and down a set of stairs. Um, it was the first game to do that. It was the first game to have like an automatic weapon because she started with an assault rifle, which was kind of like huge for Resident Evil because you always started with a pistol and like 12 bullets, but she started with an assault rifle. It was the first game that had an ammo machine where she could make different kinds of ammo based on the ammo parts she got. Um, it had, she could like dodge in the middle of the battlefield if you like timed things right with Nemesis or something. She did like an evasive role. Um, and so the remake kind of stays oddly true to that, where it's like the controls are more fluid and action-like compared to the Resident Evil 2 remake, but they're not quite like Resident Evil 6's ridiculous, like sort of, you know, sumo wrestling zombies and having four assault rifles in your back pocket. Like it's it's not quite there, but it's in this weird middle ground, um, which I appreciate because it stays true to the old Resident Evil 3. But it also feels weird because it feels like it's still trying to grapple with being a survival horror game that's similar to Resident Evil 2, which I prefer, but also like kind of trying to move, like get things back up to speed in a more action-oriented direction because Jill now has an evasive uh, dodge move, which was not at all in the Resident Evil 2 remake. Because in RE2, they had the defense weapons that made a comeback from the Resident Evil remake, where if a zombie or something attacked you and you had a grenade or a knife on you, you could do like defense move and like stab them in the head and it would basically keep them from harming you resident evil 3 does not have defensive items you still have grenades and knives but they're in your inventory to use for the entire game and they don't degrade over time but you have a dodge move which is r1 and like i think the dodge move is like kind of cool and if you time it perfectly like if nemesis is about to punch you or if a zombie is about to grab you then she like rolls out of the way and the game turns into slow motion for like three seconds and it gives you like an easy end on aiming for like the head or a weak point and like shooting but i swear to god i only got a perfect dodge every like 340th time i press the dodge button so <laughs> I was very frustrated with the dodge mechanic um, because, it, I mean, it works, like, even if you don't do a perfect dodge sometimes, like, you can still get out of range of an enemy. It's not, like, a binary thing. But hitting, like, the perfect dodge is very, very difficult, especially with Nemesis and especially with boss fights. Um, so I felt very conflicted about that. Like, I kind of wish they would have brought the defensive weapons back as well. Um, but the basic layout of the game is the same. It has the same mechanics of RE2. It just It's just stripped down in a way that almost makes it feel like it like it could have been DLC, maybe? Like, it's, it, it's slightly disappointing that this game was a full $60 release because, like, it's only the first time through, like I said, was only about six hours long. And I am slow with survival horror games. Like, I go to item boxes every 30 seconds. I'm redoing my inventory all the time. I don't, I don't just, like, run and gun through it because the to get an S rank, I think you have to beat it in under two hours. So, like, if it's even possible to beat it in under two hours, then, like, that doesn't really say a lot about the length of your game. Um, but it just, like, the level of detail isn't quite there from the Resident Evil 2 remake. Like, there's several things that are missing that I'm not... that I wish were still there. Like, the, the overall dread of having a large environment you're exploring for the entire game, such as the Raccoon Police Department, 
um, is kind of gone because Resident Evil 3 is much more linear. There's like sections where you might be in like a part of the city or in one building and you can backtrack and stuff. But as soon as you exit that segment, it's gone and you can never go back to it. So like it kind of has these linear chunks of the game over the course of the game. It has more boss fights, which are okay. I don't really come to Resident Evil for the boss fights. They're fine. Um, it has the dodge move. It doesn't have... One of my favorite things about Resident Evil 2 Remake was if you shot zombies in their legs, eventually, like, you could stagger them and, like, their leg would fall off or their arm would fall off. Um, that doesn't happen in this one for some reason. Like, you can shoot them in the leg, like, a hundred times, but they're, they don't, they never stagger from it, and their leg still stays intact. That's something that I really missed from the RE2 Remake because it was easy if you're trying to not kill everything to just, like, pop a zombie in the leg a couple times, he'll stagger, and then you, you have a free pass to run by him. That's not in this game. Um, the funny dialogue that Leon and Claire had, where if they're aiming at zombies, they will be like, oh, you bastard, just like out of nowhere. That's gone from this game. Jill has like 12 lines in the whole game. I don't know why everybody's so obsessed with Jill as a character, because she's like super boring. Um, <laughs> but there are a few segments that are actually really good in the game. Like there's a section in the hospital, which is taken from the old Resident Evil game where you play as Carlos. That section feels very similar to old school Resident Evil, where it's more slow paced. You're kind of, it's like darker. There's really good like emergency lighting going on, and you're kind of creeping around the hospital. There's a section where he revisits the Raccoon Police Department, which I think was also ripped from the original Resident Evil 3. So you kind of, it's not very long. It's maybe like in 45 minutes long, where you're kind of only exploring one wing. But like going back there, it has a bunch of callbacks to the Resident Evil 2 remake that kind of shows you how things got set up because technically Carlos is there before the events of the Resident Evil 2 remake happen. Um, so that was really entertaining for me. Um, but I just think, I mean, I think it's good, but it's just not as good as the Resident Evil 2 remake basically in any way. Like it has a lot of the same, you know, it's the same engine, same mechanics, um, feels very similarly, but it's like a little more linear, a little more action packed. It's sort of like what RE5 was to RE4 is how like, Resident Evil 3 feels to um, Resident Evil 2. But, I mean, it's good. Obviously, I played it three times back-to-back in a single weekend, so, like, I can't come on the show and be like, oh, my God, it's so stupid, I hate it. But it's just not as good. It's still good, but it's just not as good. Like, I don't know. I feel like that's a very, like, boring middle ground to take. I would still... I would recommend it on a sale, not for $60 full price, but... If this is your, if Resident Evil 2 was your jam, then this is just more of it, slightly more action packed, um, but just kind of less polished in most ways. From how you're describing it, it sounds like to me a classic case of a, a title being rushed. I mean, either that or it was already started when they were working on Resident Evil 2 or something. But just, I mean, I'm just going off your description. It sounds like some of the key things that they might have had time to develop, like the leg thing. The leg thing is like polish, right? Like if you shoot something and the leg falls off after a while, that's polish in a game. I don't think like it, the only way you don't do that and you revert back to not having it is if you don't have enough time. I don't know. To me, that's what this sounds like. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of a really interesting point because you can tell, because I mean, obviously Resident Evil 2 Remake just came out like a year ago. So this is like, 
you know, a pretty quick follow-up to where I, I kind of have no doubt in my mind that they were being developed concurrently. Like, they probably suspected two would be a huge success, so they greenlit three. And you can tell because there are a lot of, on that note, a lot of, like, reused assets. Like, there are some mm. of the exact same zombie character models in three as there are in two, which I don't really have a problem with. Like, I mean, yeah, like, oh, it takes me out of the experience for, like, a split second when I recognize the same zombie model that was in the Raccoon Police Department. Um, and it's stuff like that, or like, you know, the, you know, maybe like the knife looks the same or like the bolt cutters look the same or just like little things like that. Um, but I mean, some of the stuff, I, I mean, yeah, like it seems, I don't know if it f super feels like rushed to me, but you can tell that they have their foundation set perhaps so strongly that they're able to like reuse assets in a way that can probably like speed up development. And at the end of the day, it's stuff that's not a huge deal um, because like the base layer of foundation is still there, but there's just like really like, like the, the fine tuning of, of like stuff that I found really appealing about the Resident Evil 2 remake is kind of like glossed over. And I don't know if that's because they wanted it to be more action packed and fast paced, or if they, didn't have you know the development time to do like the leg you know thing or the you know arms cutting off or whatever but it's just weird to see a game that has like 100% of the polish and then a year later a game comes out and it has 80% of the polish when like obviously that was already there and Resident Evil 2 I don't know it's just weird to me that they took some of that stuff out but I also am not a game developer so I don't know exactly how that stuff works yeah uh, go ahead interesting Brad. Yeah, interesting. Well, you know, I it I have heard a lot of people say that it's not as good for the reasons we've already outlined here. But ironically, it almost kind of makes me want to play it more than I did because I mean, Resident Evil Two I thought was fine. Um, I I didn't like fall head over heels in love with it, and I didn't even finish it the second time because I didn't feel like it was different enough. But I mean, I thought it was good. I mean, I enjoyed my time with it. But playing something that is shorter and more action packed just at this moment, I mean, I realize it's maybe not a great move for the resident evil series overall. But for me personally, in my life and my, my, my headspace right now, like playing something that's like five hours is kind of more appealing than doing something that's going to be like 10 or 20 hours. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, maybe I would just get it from Gamefly and just blast it real quick. And I mean, is it pretty easy? I would assume like what, how did you find as far as difficulty, Corey? Well, it starts out on three difficulty levels, which I think was the same for resident evil two. I played, I always start on medium and I finished the whole thing on medium and I found it, pretty rarely frustrating on medium but the nice thing is that if you choose the easy mode which i mean if you just kind of want to blow through it i would totally recommend they start you with the assault rifle at the beginning of the game if you play on easy mode which is great but they don't you you don't ever use it unless carlos has it automatically but jill never has it if you play on standard with her so if you play on easy she starts with the assault rifle she starts with the pistol she starts with the knife and then you find other guns as you go through the game so it definitely makes it a very streamlined sort of more action-packed experience i don't think the game suffers for it because it makes it less frustrating because it still has the frustrating bits where like like you have to shoot a zombie four times in the head for it to die like is that realistic because that's how resident evil 2 was as well like you had to shoot a zombie so many times for it to die but it felt because Resident Evil 2 was more horror-y, that seems slightly more appropriate to me, but whereas RE3 is moving into like a slightly more action direction, it seems like maybe one or two headshots should down them, but it's pretty similar in 3. But if you start with the assault rifle on easy and start with the pistol, then it's pretty easy to just kind of blow through it and enjoy the experience and not really get too caught up in, uh, in like the difficulty of it, I bet. 
it's funny you say that because I did play um, the demo, and I was immediately struck by how many fucking shots the zombies took to the head. And that actually was a thing where I'm like, okay, forget, it, I'm not going to play this because I thought it was ridiculous in RE2, and like it's still ridiculous. But you know, if you if there's an easy mode and you can blast, I mean, I don't care. I'm not gonna. Not like I gotta challenge myself. I have nothing to prove in Resident <laughs> Evil Land. But if it's a fun ride for a couple hours, that might be okay. But I mean, come on, dude! Like shooting a zombie in the head like so many times. Give me a fucking break! Like that just seems so stupid. That's like um, foreshadowing for the thing I'm gonna talk about at the end of this show. Right, I, I, right. Yeah, we all know it's one shot. That's the movies tell us that one shot to is, the head. I mean, and and biologically, the human skull can only take so many bullet impacts before there's no skull left. I mean, it's not like, like zombies. This Okay, this is the thing that's... Okay, sorry, tangent, tangent. Hold on. Everybody, hold on. The thing that fucking weirds me out about some zombie movies is, like, when you think about it, a zombie is just a person. So, like, they don't gain extra strength. Like, maybe they don't feel pain, but they don't get, like, three times the strength of a man, right? They're not super monsters. They are like a decomposing version of a normal human. So realistically, if you were to apply those principles, a, a good guy in good shape, like, you know, healthy and strong, would be able to overpower like any zombie because they are automatically less than a person, right? Mm -hmm. So like that bone structure is rotten. There's no healing process. The musculature is rotten. A bullet would fucking blow that head apart like so easily. It makes literally no sense that they would take like six or eight or ten shots or whatever it is in that fucking demo totally. or however many in the full game. It's crazy. Like it doesn't make any fucking sense at all. I hate it when zombie movies turn zombies into like super monsters when they should just be weaker versions of people that are like about to fall over. Yeah, it's like Dust Till Dawn or one of those ones has um, or no, no, uh, Dawn of the Dead, the remake where they like go super fast and they're like super strong all of a sudden too. Yeah, yeah I mean, if you're going to go the route of like infected person on the way to dying that gives you more leeway into having a, a stronger faster more right, smart zombie right. but if it's like a, a reanimated corpse no 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 those things are half rotten as they are dude they're not gonna overpower give me a break you could punch it and shatter their skull get out of here get out of here get out of here all right uh cory any final thoughts on resident evil before we pivot to carlos here I mean, I don't really want to say anything else, but I do think it's funny that I just talked at length about Resident Evil 3 and didn't even bring up Nemesis, which is literally the entire selling point of the game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whatever, he's in there. He's on the box. Everybody knows about he it. He follows Whatever. you around. You know, yeah. you'll see him. I mean, he shows up. The one thing I can mention about him is that something that I was worried about is that he was going to be just Mr. X on steroids from RE2 because I actually found Mr. X incredibly annoying in the Resident Evil 2 remake because he just, like, endlessly stalks you for the entire game never fucking left you alone yeah and i thought i mean at one like yeah it's kind of it's scary but it's only scary for so long and then it just becomes annoying after a while but the nice thing about re3 which i feel like they got this backwards in a weird way is that nemesis only shows up in scripted events in resident evil 3 remake he's never just like con continually stalking you around the city which i prefer because he's annoying and he's hard to fight and he's fast and he's ridiculous so if you're somebody listening and you're concerned that you were annoyed by mr x and you think nemesis is going to be the exact same i actually think uh, nemesis even though he probably should be more annoying than mr x is far less annoying than mr x so he only shows up like a handful of times. Most of them are for boss fights, and he only stalks you around the city like twice in scripted events. So it's kind of oddly like the selling point of the game, but he's like not there a whole lot. But I'm also See, not complaining because I didn't want to be annoyed by him, and I wasn't. So I'm I know, happy. but that that also sounds like rush to me. That just sounds like you know being around development now more often and doing my own game. Um, that just sounds like they didn't have the time for all the different beats they wanted to do for him. They're like, he's in there. 
<laughs> it is it yeah. is interesting that he is kind of scaled back because when these games originally came out, like he was supposed to be the guy who chased you around the city because they couldn't do that with Mr. X in the original RE2. So it's weird. Like, I mean, kind of like you mentioned, Corey, like they kind of flip-flop roles now. Yeah, and I'm curious to see, because obviously like Resident Evil 2 came out, the 3 remake came out like a year later. I'm really, 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 really crossing my fingers and hoping that they're just going to stay on track and do Code Veronica next because I really liked Resident Evil Code Veronica, but that game is massive. So, like, they're obviously not going to be able to push that out in a year. I reckon it would take them, like, three or four years to remaster that entire game in the way that they've done two and three. And, I mean, who knows? They might be working on it now. So, like, I feel like in the scale of all the Resident Evil games, like, three is probably the most appropriate to rush and make shorter, whereas Code Veronica is huge, four is huge, you know, five kind of scales it back down again. So I'm just interested to see where they will take the remakes in the future and if they'll skip any or if they'll stay on track and how long it'll take them to come out because I'm crossing my fingers for Code Veronica, because I really like that game, but I don't want to get my hopes up until they make some announcements about it. I will say well, this, though. I just want Resident Evil 8, motherfuckers. I was just about to say. Oh, were you going to say that? Yeah. It's supposed to be coming next year, according to leaked documents. Yeah, have you guys seen the images that have been going around? I don't know if those are fake or not, but have you seen the pictures of the title screen? Yeah, like, yeah. Where, seen. like, the 8 is also, like, a V-I-L-L yeah, or whatever. It's supposed to be called Resident Evil Village. Village? Yeah. I don't know if it's true. Those may be just bogus. I mean, who knows? People are really bored with everything everybody being in self-isolation i'm sure people are just making up <laughs> fake images but we'll see we'll see all right that's enough resident evil for uh one show carlos one more thing from you before we uh get out of here uh what is the last thing that you wanted to uh to bring up yeah it's just another curmudgeon thing because it's my curmudgeon episode where i'm just i love curmudgeons curmudgeons are great. i know essentially this is the episode where you you've changed me uh this is my <laughs> conversion to brad too hey, brad you. squared yeah yeah uh no so to that idea of zombies getting shot in the head six times and it doesn't make any sense. Uh, I was looking at some more gameplay from Final Fantasy VII, which I probably am still going to play tomorrow. Uh, yes, it comes out tomorrow, I think. Um, it comes out tonight, mister. Oh, really? Then I'll... I mean, if you pre-order it, then it like unlocks at 11 or 12 I'll or whatever. I'll pre-order it right after this episode and probably play it tonight. But <laughs> that said, this is kind of just more of a question as well um, to... The, the developers out there and to you two, like in that gameplay demo, there's a lot of regular people, like regular bad guys or dogs that fucking take 25 hits or something crazy like that, right? Like, I don't know. I think Brad and I, we talked about the demo and yeah. I might've mentioned it there and I said something like, I thought the dogs took a lot of time to hit and you said you didn't see that when you were playing it. Um, but watching more of the gameplay and just, as you get you know, playing that game more and more uh, or seeing the gameplay come out for it. They're just regular ass dudes who take a gazillion hits. They're not anything fancy. They don't have armor on. They're just regular fucking dudes. And so I'm wondering why developers do this because obviously the first answer is it lengthens the game because now you're not just burning through every single fight. But is that what you really want to put across to people playing your game? Like that extra length is equal to enjoyment because fuck no, it isn't to me. And I, it so takes me out of the experience because if you're building these characters, you know, and there's a lot of story-based stuff in these games, action games, RPGs, and then you have you come across two guys in, in a fucking biker outfits. You know, they're just, they got a crowbar, and it takes 25 hits on both of them. 
then what the fuck are we doing? What is this? You just immediately know that you're in a video game. It's fucking bullshit. I'm just, they're padding it. Why do you think they do this? And I've seen, I know that I'm going to encounter a fuck ton in Final Fantasy VII because of all the gameplay I saw. There's so many regular ass like enemies taking a million hits. I'm mad. I mean, I think JRPGs in general, and I don't know if you want to classify this as one since it's so jazzed up and and fancy looking these days. But I mean, I think JRPGs in general are bloated, just kind of as as a matter of course. I mean, everything is long and takes forever and there's a million menus and thing nothing's fast i mean that's just kind of my experience with them it's kind of why i don't play them anymore is because they're just like that i mean Corey, what do you think um i was gonna say that uh i mean i agree with that statement too because i've never really been into jrpgs oddly enough though i played the demo of final fantasy 7 and i really liked it and pre-ordered it which i never thought like i'm just as surprised as anyone here um but i will be playing it tonight i'm very excited about it but like in my train of thought on this, I feel like there's two types of games in the sense that, um, and I think a lot oddly enough about the division. Whenever I think about this this thing, you have the kind of games where everything is very realistic, and if you shoot somebody once in the head, they're dead, which is a lot of games out there. Um, and then you have games like The Division, or you know, like RPGs or what have you, where in The Division it's very much like RPG based, where the enemies have life bars above their head, and you have to shoot them like you know, 17 times in the head. It, like, it doesn't matter where you shoot them on their body. You just have to shoot them until their health bar goes all the way down. Bullet and it's sponge. sort of like like a binary of, like, is this the kind of game where enemies, like, are grindy and have life bars and it takes, like, 45 shots to kill them? Or is this a game that's more realistic and it takes, like, one shot to the head to kill them? And I feel like, you know, sort of like... the Because in The Division, it can be jarring because it looks so realistic, but it still is based on this sort of, like, grindy attitude. Whereas in something like Final Fantasy or another JRPG, like... Or even, like, Pokemon or something, like, it's perhaps... I don't know if I want to say it's, like, more expected, but it takes me by surprise less when it's, like you know, the average Joe that you're fighting who's, like, a level one enemy who takes, like, you know, 10 sword slashes to hit because it's just sort of, like, the nature of, like, grinding in a game versus, like, a realistic combat experience if there is such a thing. And no. I feel like Final Fantasy... As, as Are you disagreeing with me? No, no, no. I, I'm going to say I, that all makes sense, and you're totally oh, gotcha. right. Yeah. yeah. I, I just think that there's a, there's a middle ground there, and mm. uh, Brad can back me up on this. Elix which is a game oh, we yeah. both love, oh, yeah. and Greedfall, which I played this year, my game of the year. Uh, both of those games, I think, do that good mix of, yeah, you're going to hit these people a few more times than normal because it's an RPG or whatever, but it's, you still feel like, my point is you still feel empowered. And with a game like Seven and even other RPGs that do, I think, a bad job of it, you don't. You feel like you're just hitting the buttons to do the system that means that you'll win. But... <laughs> You know what I mean? Like Greedfall, Elex, a couple other ones can go in the middle. And then that groundedness makes you feel more about the world. I think I feel more um, connected to the game when it when it respects me for that. Do you know what I mean? I feel like the, yeah. the, the bullet spongy thing that happens in Division is definitely more of like an MMO. And I think it does. It is jarring because they look like a regular person with armor on. But you kind of can get away with it because you go, this is an online experience. It's like an MMO blah blah blah. but in a story-based game like seven i just i'm hoping i'm wrong and that it isn't as bad as i'm seeing in some early gameplay but i think it might be and if so we'll have to revisit this on the podcast because i one thing one thing to keep in mind though i think um i mean depends on who you're watching maybe they have it like on a higher difficulty level i mean there you could i'm guessing you can 
put it to the easiest difficulty level, and that'll be, you know, whatever whatever is less than a streamer. I've never seen a streamer play something on easy. They always jack it up to the hardest thing because they always yeah. got something to prove. So maybe maybe they have it on the higher difficulty setting. But also, with a game as flashy as Final Fantasy VII, I'm sure you don't want to kill guys in one hit because it doesn't give Cloud any chance to show off. Like, you got to see him, like, flex his muscles and swing that sword, and you got to look like a badass. And... Definitely not one hit, though. I'm not saying that. So just, yeah, just I mean, be clear. But I mean, yeah, but if, you know, I, I think maybe that's not just 27. Like, well, you find a middle ground, like, in a 12 or something. But yeah. If they, they got to give you a chance to look cool, but also I would I would guess because when I played the demo, I just didn't really encounter that. I didn't I didn't have anybody that seemed like they took a million years to to take down except for the boss at the end. But other than that, I thought it was fine. So I'm guessing that in the real in the real version, there'll be settings, uh, you know, whatever. And also, you know, another key factor is that you got to like give the player something to feel like like they're getting stronger. So like if you take guys down at a reasonable pace from the beginning you never really feel like you're getting stronger you're just kind of keeping pace uh, so like if you notice this one guy takes you 15 swipes at the beginning and you come back it takes two swipes oh i got better i'm a badass now right the guy's ass. of course that's progression so gotta have that progression right yeah so maybe that's a part of it too who knows well again i think the only reason i'm uh so freaked out and again we'll stop talking about it because we'll just start playing the fucking game and then Corey come back on the show and we'll talk about it but um <laughs> i think final fantasy 15 was one of my favorites uh, RPG experiences in a long time. I really, really loved it. And I remember from the beginning feeling like a badass, and then I felt more badass. But I never felt, because I put that demo, and I didn't sit and feel, I don't know, I didn't feel as strong as I did when I first started 15. So let's let's stop talking about it and play it, and then we'll, I just brought it up because I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in a curmudgeon mood. That's fine. Yeah. We're all there sometimes. It's good to get those feelings out, and you're in a safe space right now, Carlos. We love and support you, so it's okay. It's okay to unload emotionally like that. So thanks. Can we? Can I unload a little bit about all that time in Resident Evil? Because it was I saw some shit. <laughs> rough, rough for Carlos actually being Carlos, right? Yeah, I mean there was a lot of blood, zombie blood on my face. That hair was kicking it though. I love that. I know I did grow it up for that, and I like that. That was very that. nice. Very nice. All right. Enough silliness. This brings us to the end of the show. Thank you all, folks, very much for listening. Thank you, Carlos, for being here. Thank you, Corey, for joining us. I look forward to your next appearance. Um, in the meantime, folks, we would love your questions or comments. As always, you can reach us at sovideogamespodcast at gmail.com. You can post comments for us at gamecritics.com when the show goes up. And we're also on Twitter uh, collectively at sovideogames. But you can reach us individually, and some might say that's a better way to go. Uh, Corey, where can people find you on social media this week? Mm. first of all brad just hearing you go through that is so nostalgic for me <laughs> but i can uh i can be found on twitter and instagram at the exact same handles it's just my first and last name Corey motley c-o-r-e-y-m-o-t-l-e-y excellent carlos where can people find you this week o-n-a-w-a on twitter awesome and uh it's just me as usual, Twitter and Instagram, my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, always no O's. And that is it for us. Thank you all, folks, for joining us here on So Video Games, and we will be back before you know it. In the meantime, this is Bye From Brad. And one of you guys take it. <laughs> Corey, you go. You go. All right, and bye from Corey. And uh, fucking 27 hits. <laughs> <Motherfucker>. <laughs> uh, Carlos. <laughs>